the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. Now, because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and most importantly, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice the related fields in my overall consumer and small business financial law practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference point, as they relate to the personal, familial, and community and small business aspects of finance, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat and also helped create another one with my former spouse who was in the military, who actually retired from the military, I have first-hand knowledge of just how hard it can be sometimes financially and economically for our citizen soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines, and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I had the great fortune to know and have the opportunity to spend a great deal of time with and actually became great friends with both my maternal and paternal grandmothers, both of whom survived and actually thrived the four great economic challenges of the last century, that is to say the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and unfortunately the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through to our society today. And as these wonderful women helped raise me and loved me and shared with me some of the stories, great stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post-Reconstruction Jim Crow South, it is out of my great 
great love and respect for these women who are always with me, along with my dad in spirit, urging me on and to do the right thing and give back to my community that when the situation is right, I'm sometimes able to at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and the disabled who find themselves the targets of, and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of adult and elder financial abuse that you could ever imagine that seems to be running rampant in our very greedy, bizarre society today. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law related to your money, and more probably than not these days, the lack thereof, and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your or your family's businesses, finances, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening education form. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help. I sincerely and truly uh, believe that you need, if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets and or your debt. So to continue the discussion of Bankruptcy 101, 2022-2023 edition, I'm going to continue what we started back on December 2nd, December 22. Thus far, we have discuss what bankruptcy is and why it's so important for the efficient and effective operation of our capitalistic market-based economic system that truly runs on our collective access to capital and credit. Again, at bottom, because unless we're in the 1% who can fund all of their businesses and financial units uh, underwriting because they have access to accumulated inherited wealth, the law of bankruptcy acts as a safety valve to give the rest of us entrepreneurs and individuals and family who make up the bottom 99%, the freedom to undertake the economic and financial risks associated with obtaining the debt funding needed to start and run our businesses or to start and run our the economic aspects of our family unit with the knowledge that if our businesses or our family units run into financial stress, that is the result of an honest miscalculation of a business risk or the downturn in the economy or a shift in the marketplace that causes financial distress for our businesses or when we as individuals or family units take on the risk of purchasing a home or automobiles or other consumer products with debt financing or in some cases where we underwrite through debt a formal education for ourselves and our children and or our grandchildren and subsequently fall on economic hard times, say, due to the loss of a job. And as long as those economic and financial risks and credit obligations that resulted in the financial distress were 
undertaken with the intent to repay the debt and not manipulated or calculated in advance to perpetrate a fraud on our creditors, our government provides a constitutionally based legal process that may give the honest owners of these financially distressed businesses and the honest members of these financially distressed family units a chance to start afresh without the burden of the overwhelming debt that tends to destroy the quality of life of human beings and shutters businesses. Now, the bankruptcy process also gives the debtor's creditors the assurance that they will receive their fair share of the value of the debtor's non-exempt assets, even if that fair share sometimes means that the creditor, depending on their classification and position in the waterfall of funds, take nothing. However, as we also discussed, bankruptcy is not for everyone, especially where the debtor in question has the wrong set of facts and circumstances that can be proven by her adversary that are related to how she incurred one or more debt obligations in the first place. And as such, she may find herself a defendant in a lawsuit filed by one or more of her creditors pursuant to one or more of the various causes of action available to her plaintiff adversary under Section 523 of the Bankruptcy Code that will, if proven by the creditor or creditors, will make the debt so obtained non-dischargeable. Again, As I've stated, while there's no single public policy rationale that justifies the inclusion of each kind of debt accepted from discharge, where a bankruptcy court makes a determination of non-dischargeability and finds that it's justified, the debtor will remain obligated to repay the debt so adjudicated for two broad categories of public policy rationale. The first purported worthiness of the creditor to be paid under the circumstances, and the second, the purported misconduct of the debtor in obtaining the creditor's assets or causing the quantum of damages incurred by the creditor due to the debtor's unjustified conduct. By way of example, back on December 17th, we examined one classification of misconduct or the bad acts of the debtor category. And that is to say, we looked at the debtor's willful and malicious acts that cause injury to the another person or that person's property under Section 523A6 of the Bankruptcy Code. The last couple times we were together, we turned our focus on the purported worthiness of the creditor that mandate that the debt be paid even if the debtor can't afford to make the payments. In this case, we broached a couple of weeks ago by uh, examining the history and rationale of the government's involvement in funding the education of our citizenry as part of an overall national security public policy requirement needed to train the cadre of future scientists, technologists, engineers, and mathematicians and linguists that we need to keep our country ahead of our adversaries. This started back in the late 1950s. Then we transitioned to a system where commercial entities provided the funding that was guaranteed by our federal government uh, to use the funding 
uh, to, you know, pay for uh, people like you and me to have access to our post high school educations. Now, because these loans were touched by the government, they became non-dischargeable in bankruptcy, not based on anything that we did uh, or the but merely because we came from low to moderate income families with limited resources and little or no inherited wealth. And yet, instead, we have the audacity to think that we should or must have a higher education in order to increase our chances for a future of a financial success by employment in the marketplace. As such, I say that the lenders use this as well as the guarantee of government payment to make these loans available. And the colleges jumped on the bandwagon and kept increasing the cost of education until we find ourselves today in a situation where more and more of us don't have all this education, if we were able to finish in the first place, but we don't have any job opportunities Uh, So we can't pay the debt back. And our government needs to do something about it, lest our whole society be dealt uh, a blow uh, by having to focus energy on many of us defaulting on our student loan debt. Now, even with that downer prologue, I remain optimistic and I am sincere when I say that all is not lost. As such, last week we began a discussion of the three ways we may be able to deal with our student loan debt inside and outside of bankruptcy court. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion, but first we'll take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on Bankruptcy 101 2022-2023 edition by focusing in on one of the two classes of debt that Congress has determined to be non-dischargeable due to the purported worthiness of the creditor and not based on any real or purported bad act or bad faith of the borrower in obtaining the debt obligation in question. Last week, we discussed the three ways. We began our discussion of the three ways that we may be able to deal with our student loan debt inside and outside bankruptcy court. However, you must understand that your debt, if your debt, is from federal sources versus commercial private sources, each one of those types of debt will be treated differently in all three of the processes that I will lay out to you. Last week, we looked at two of the three ways. First, by engaging in some form of negotiation with your loan servicer with the goal of reducing your payments based on your income or via a consolidation or refinancing of your loan that reduces the interest rate and the resulting monthly payment, or to obtain a deferment or forbearance to temporarily postpone or reduce the monthly payment. However, while this route will delay payment, it does not reduce the amount of payment or interest due. In fact, it increases it. So unless you have access to some form of loan forgiveness, this path will lead to even greater indebtedness because any amount owed for which payment is delayed will be added onto the amount of principal owned and ultimately must be paid in the future. 
The second possible way to deal with your student loan debt outside of bankruptcy court is through some form of presidential executive order. And as we discussed, President Biden's partial loan forgiveness program that he introduced this year uh, has been challenged by individuals in the Fifth Circuit and several states in the Eighth Circuit, with the matter being taken up to the Supreme Court on an emergency basis by application of the White House. So after briefing by the parties this month and after oral arguments that are going to be heard on February 28th, 2023, the Supreme Court will determine the constitutionality of the president's plan with a ruling likely to be issued no earlier than the summer. So that way is barred for now. That leaves the third way that we will begin discuss today uh, by seeking a court order from the bankruptcy court discharging some or all of our student loan debt by filing a federal lawsuit against the holder and or servicer of our loans as part of of but a distinctly separate part of our overall plan of either a reorganization of our debt in chapters 11, 12, or 13 or in a liquidation in a chapter 7 bankruptcy. I'm happy to inform you that as we began 2023, there's a bit of good news on this front if you have a federal student loan. This is because on November 17, 2022, the Department of Justice, the law firm for all of the agencies in the executive branch, in coordination with its client, the Department of Education, the agency responsible for implementing our country's educational uh, policy, and for also overseeing all federal student loans, and as such, a party in interest to all federal student loan debt obligation litigation, including any and all adversary proceedings brought in bankruptcy court that the debtor must undertake if she seeks to discharge any or all of her student loan debt in bankruptcy, here, the Department of Justice and the Department of, Ish of Education issued guidance to all the Department of Justice attorneys on a new procedure for informing the bankruptcy court in the form of a finding of fact stipulation that should allow debtors in bankruptcy to be more successful in obtaining a discharge from some or all of their student loan indebtedness. I say it's about time, and I will use the rest of my time today to go over the salient part of this new guidance. Basically, or in essence, this guidance will enhance the consistency and equity of handling these cases. In accordance with the existing case law and the Department of Education's policy, the guidance advises the Department of Justice attorneys to stipulate to the facts demonstrating that a debtor would impose a debt would impose an undue hardship on the debtor and recommend to the bankruptcy court that the debtor's student loans be discharged if three conditions that we've already talked about are satisfied. First, the debtor presently lacks the ability to repay her loan. Second, the debtor's inability to pay her loan is likely to persist into the future. And third, the debtor has acted in good faith in the past in attempting to repay her loan. That's the Bruner test. 
to assist the Department of Justice's attorneys in evaluating each of these factors, a debtor will typically be asked to provide relevant information to the government by completing a attestation form. It's basically a declaration or an affidavit stating the facts. The attestation requests information about the debtor's income and expenses to enable the Department of Justice attorneys to evaluate the debtor's present ability to pay, one of the Bruner elements. The attestation also seeks information that will help the department's attorneys evaluate the other two factors. Now, the objective of the guidance is is to help more debtors be able to discharge their debt. In cases where the debtor seeks to discharge a student loan in bankruptcy, the Department of Justice shares with the Department of Education the responsibility to represent the interests of the United States in accord with existing law and in the interest of justice. This responsibility includes recommending that a bankruptcy court grant full or partial discharge of student loan debts in appropriate cases. To fulfill this responsibility, the Department of Justice attorney should stipulate to facts necessary to demonstrate an undue hardship and recommend discharge where the debtor provides the information in the attestation. Now, some debtors have, and this is according to the Department of Justice, it's in its findings, in this guidance, some debtors have been deterred from seeking uh, discharge of their student loan debt and bankruptcy due to the historically low probability of success and due to the mistaken belief that student loans are ineligible for discharge. I'm going to put a pin in it. That is, they are so right. Many people do. They don't even try. I've been successful even under the adverse circumstances to get uh, one or more of my clients' student loan debts discharged. So the, listen to what I'm saying. The, your government, through your president, through the Department of Justice, through the Department of Education, want that to change back into their guidance. Other student loan borrowers have been dissuaded from seeking uh, relief due to the costs and intrusiveness entailed in pursuing an adversary proceeding. This guidance is intended to redress these concerns so that the discharges are sought and received when warranted by the facts and the law, and I'm adding this in, and not the debtor's ability to pay. In addition, the Department of Justice's attorneys are expected to consult proactively with the Department of Education to evaluate the, the specific circumstances of each case. And cooperating with the uh, preparation for this guidance, the Department of Education and the Department of Justice have sought to promote three uh, primary goals. One, to set clear, transparent, and consistent expectations for discharge that the debtor understands regardless of having representation. To reduce the debtor's burden, this is the second one, in an adversary proceeding by simplifying the fact-gathering process. As a lawyer, the most important, um, expensive part of a litigation is discovery. This will alleviate that. And third, where facts support to increase the number of cases where the government stipulates to facts demonstrating that the debt would impose an undue hardship. So 
I am sharing this with you because I think it's so important. Um, the downside is that this new procedure applies only to Department of Education uh, federal loans and not to other loans, but the department is going to reach out to these those other types of loans as well. So let's just keep our fingers crossed on that. So we're going to leave it there for now, but always in closing, we like to say here on Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws and bankruptcy that are positive and that have a positive effect on our economy. Uh, when we're guided by equity, fairness, not only to the debtor, but to our creditors and our society as a whole, which would result if more of us were relieved of our burdensome student loan debt and could use some of those funds to circulate more goods and services in our economy to our greater good. So if you have a question about how to deal with your student loan or any other business or consumer debt, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. So again, I want to wish you a happy, successful 2023, and please take care. Till next time. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.